Hey, Beers and Ears listeners. Wanted to tell you a little bit more about our partners, Riss and Cal. Um, it's a company that was started by a paramedic and a nurse to teach their two kids about charity and entrepreneurship. You know, Casey, this company donates a portion of all their profits to charity. Yeah, actually, right now, Matt, what's really cool is they're donating a portion of their profits to the American Red Cross to help purchase N95 masks in this ongoing fight against the coronavirus and COVID-19. They don't just sell ear pods. They actually sell a whole line of accessories for your phone. I'm actually looking at one right now. It is the charging station that allows you to charge your phone. It allows you to charge your Apple iWatch or really any watch that has a magnetic charger associated with it and multiple other accessories, including those wireless earbuds. So if you go to fourfrills.com slash shop, that is the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S, you're going to get 15% off your purchase and free three-day shipping. All you have to do is type in that promo code EARS. That's the promo code EARS. All right, let's start the show. Hey, Beers and Ears listeners. Today, we're going to be talking about the movie Onward. Um, we know it's a brand new movie, and so just wanted to warn you, spoilers are ahead. So if you haven't seen this movie, skip it and come back to it when you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name's Matt. And my name's Casey. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, we've got a fun one for you today. Some cutting-edge Disney content for you. Right? This is the first time we've uh, reviewed or covered something that's kind of in the moment that we all had a chance to really experience over the course of the last week. Right, Matt? Absolutely. So we're going on a quest today to talk about Mm -hmm. the movie Onward. Yes. that just released on Disney Plus last Friday. It's been on digital for a couple weeks, so some of you I know have seen it multiple times in the past month. Really a, an, an unprecedented release of a movie where it was in theaters for, what, two weeks? And yeah, maybe two weeks. I think, I think it was three weekends in total, but from what I read, the first two weekends, it did okay, and then that third weekend, it only grossed $70,000 for the whole weekend because there was only 100 theaters that were playing it across the country. Holy cow. Yeah, what a... Like, I know. What a interesting interesting movie release that and and that this film will kind of be tied with this whole pandemic so to speak but what a move by disney though to put it out on disney plus for everyone to see i know i was ecstatic because i missed it in theaters and didn't get a chance to see it and so when this when this quarantine came in i was like oh man i'm gonna have to wait a long time to see onward and this made it so i didn't have to I agree with you. It was one of those things where I had planned to go see it. In fact, I think the Sunday after kind of everything started going down, I was going to go to the theater to see it, but I decided to stay home because I didn't want to, you know, risk it being out there. And that was the Sunday night that I think Sunday night or Monday that I think Marcus Elgin and AMC and and places like that um, decided to start closing their theaters. And that's why I didn't get a chance to see it. So yeah, what a move, Um, not only just, uh, I would say a charitable move on Disney's parts for their fans, but I think it's a good business move, you know? So let's get into this movie. Um, you know, I agree. You, think, let's do it. you know, so overall I, you know, it's funny. I didn't, 
I didn't do a whole lot of research going into the movie. That's one of the things I try to do. I mean, I'll watch previews. I'll watch trailers. Um, I, I refrain from looking at a, a movie's Wikipedia page or looking at reviews before I've had a chance to look at it. But once I've seen the movie, then I go hog wild and start to look at all the, the write-ups about the movie. What I will say, it is a, a visually... A, a stunning movie, as has been a lot of the stuff that's been produced by Disney lately and, and Pixar. I think that the story had has a lot of potential, had a lot of potential. Um, it definitely had me interested and I was excited. I think overall, I think the back half of the movie to me uh, is much stronger than the front half of the movie. And, you know, we can get into more details on that in a couple of minutes. But, you know, overall, I would say it's not Pixar's best movie by any means on, on my in my regard. I'll give my reg- uh, uh, rating a little bit later, but I definitely don't think it's their best, but it's not their worst. I think it falls somewhere in the middle in, in, from my perspective. How about you? I think it's a really solid movie. Um, okay. It, it always amazes me that Pixar in a matter of an hour and a half can <laughs> make you emotionally connect to these characters. Yes. Um, where you feel for what's going on and everyone has been talking about, I cried, I cried, I cried. And after seeing the movie, I was like, yeah, I I, I understand why people are crying. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And they also do such a great job with building the world where mm-hmm. there's different franchises and there's the board game and there's, you you feel like this world is a real place. And I, I think that's just, just really cool to, to be to to watch and to see i I liked i liked the background uh you know along that point where you know they really did a good job of of explaining not only the fact that you know this medieval um you know this medieval world that we're kind of we think of when we think of wizards and elves and unicorns and stuff not only that what had happened happened in terms of going to the modern era, but I, I, I was a little shocked and I, and I liked shocked good at they explained why it happened that, you know, why do you bother to have to conjure a spell to make light when you can just flip a switch to make life light? I really think it was an interesting kind of um, uh, dynamic to see, you know, uh, here's, the old way of doing things and here's how technology has made it better. And it's kind of like, here's magic versus science and technology and how they blend together, which I thought was really well done on, on Pixar's part. Absolutely. A really unique story. And I have to say, this is one of the, uh, the first films in recent year or two that has been original story, original characters. You know, we've had this slew of sequels with Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4. And don't get me wrong, I I enjoy those movies and I enjoy seeing characters that I've fallen in love with before. But I also really enjoy getting to see something brand new. And I think that also is what I enjoyed most about this is it's brand new characters, a brand new story. And and that's more fun sometimes than, oh, great, I get to go see another sequel that that did we really need? I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's So I enjoyed that aspect of the movie. 
Yeah, I think if you think about what they're, well, at least what they were planning on releasing this year, although that's all gotten out of whack now, but, you know, the movie Soul, this movie, you know, I think Disney realized that they did go a little sequel heavy in the last couple of years, and they wanted to get back to telling some original stories, you know, again, this one being one, Soul being one. And it's not just Pixar. Um, End of 2020, again, scheduled, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is the next Uh Walt Disney Animation Studios. So we're getting a lot of original content, which I think is really, really good from the Walt Disney Company. So what I want to jump into a little bit, Matt, is I want to jump into some of the the characters, right? So you got Ian, you got Barley. I will tell you, though, my favorite character out of all of this was the mom. Let me hear you say, I'm a mighty warrior. I'm a mighty warrior. Morning, mom. (laughs) Lazy down, bad dragon. Back to your lair. Happy birthday, Mr. Adult Man. Oh, Mom. Hey, buddy, don't wipe off my kisses. I absolutely loved the mom. I think it was amazing to have such a strong, middle-aged woman character play such a monumental part. And and I think for a lot of moms out there, they are going to resonate with this woman being there to protect her kids at all costs. You know, the, the scene at the end where she is, um, she's on the dragon and she's doing her exercises left to right, left to right before she puts the, the blade into the dragon. I mean, Nate and I were watching this movie and we were just cracking up because again, it's, it's modern meets medieval, which is really kind of, I'm surprised they didn't really use that tagline, but that's kind of what it is, you know? Um, but she was my absolute favorite character throughout this entire thing how about you what did you think of her and who was your favorite character oh i absolutely loved um her as a character and kind of i didn't realize that she was gonna be such a character you know so often in in stories like this it's yep and here's their mom and she's really worried um i really liked barley um yeah okay I'm also a Chris Pratt fan. I like things uh, that Chris Pratt does. And so it, I, there's clearly a bias there where I think he does a really nice job voice acting this goofy, but lovable, but taken wants to be taken serious character. Oh, he's just legs. There's no top part. I definitely remember dad having a top part. Oh, what did I do? Hi. You only have 24 hours to bring the rest of him back. We're going on a quest. Ta-da. That's great. Let us ride. So, um, yeah, I I definitely enjoyed enjoyed Barley. But I also thought the Manticore was a very clever (laughs) character. (laughs) She was. And and what a way to to kind of, you know, you know, her name's Corey, what a play on words there and to turn her mighty castle into what is basically a Chuck E. Cheese, uh, right? You know, that's basically what she turned into a family little family restaurant like that. I agree though. Her character was very well done. Um, and I loved, uh, I, I, I did, I did love kind of how she was along on the same quest with the mom, you know? Yeah, that that they end up teaming up and um, going on this really wacky quest, and that that was it's 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 really a fun movie. 
So, so Matt, one of the things that I want to do is I think a fun way to diagnose this movie would be to say, hey, what was my favorite let up? In other words, what was something in the movie that kind of brought me up and put me on the edge of my seat? And then what was one thing that was kind of the let down, something from the movie that kind of let you down? So um, I'm going to let you go first. What was your let up, the thing that impressed you most or had you on the edge of your seat? I talked a little bit about this, but it, to me, it's the world building. It, they just did such a great job in making me believe that this is a place that is real, even though I, I know rationally it is not. And maybe this is too specific of a thing, but the line of the movie is Tiny Barley when they're in the car chase scene with the Pixies. And it's, you'll never be ready. Merge. Yes. Yes. I saw everybody saying merge on, 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 on social media. I didn't know what they meant until you obviously see the movie. You know, for me, um, there were actually two parts in the movie that I think were, were, were let, uh, let ups, things that, that were just really exciting. I absolutely loved Guinevere's like, uh, her sacrifice to let them continue and the way that Barley knowing how he feels about Guinevere and, and puts the, you know, puts the stone on the gas pedal and lets it go. And just the way the cinematography with the way she gets wings and then she gets up there and the rocks fall on her. I just thought that was so well done to kind of self-sacrifice Guinevere one to be able to let them continue their quest. And then the second part I, I was more just, I guess, amusement, but I just think it was such, they didn't have to do this, but I thought it was hilarious. It, it was the dragon's head. <laughs> I just, <laughs> the, the dragon yes. turns around, the dragon turns around and the, you get that happy little dragon face. And I literally, I squealed. I'm like, oh! <laughs> it was, it was just the funniest thing ever to and see. And, the, it, the, and, and the... it continued and it continued. And before you knew it, it was this happy face, but with, with the fire breathing, it was this menacing, happy face. It, it was just so cleverly done. <laughs> And the, and the bell ringing as it's, it's raw. It's the school bell. That's yes. The that was... Oh, it just, it was, it was very cleverly done. I, I just, I thought it was great. So before we move into letdowns, I actually have one more let up. And sure. I think this movie gives a different kind of twist. You spend the first two thirds of the movie thinking this is all about Ian and his quest to meet his dad because he's never met his dad and that's the point of this movie and we're going to get to the end and Ian's going to meet his dad it's going to be a great moment woohoo and you find out like pretty much 3 quarters through the movie that Barley never said goodbye to his dad because he was just scared to mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden it now twists into this no this is a reconciling story between Barley and his dad where he gets a second chance to just say goodbye and give him a hug. And I thought that I did not see that coming. And it really, I think that is just great, great storytelling on the, on the a part of Pixar. Yeah. I, and I would agree with you on that. And, and I think, there was maybe a little bit of extra resonance there, you know, cause, cause for me, I went into this movie thinking I'm going to get to see this guy. I mean, I did. I went to this movie thinking I'm going to get to see the dad. I'm going to get to see him, and and there's going to be a there's going to be oh you know maybe he's actually a wizard. Maybe he's actually going to show up with the wizard hats, right? You know, I, I had a lot of expectations in that regard, and and 
clearly, obviously, that wasn't you know the route that they were going on this. Um, I I think that um, for me, it, there's probably some extra resonance there right now in the world because and you know I hate to be sad about this, but you know we're dealing with a lot of loss right now. I mean, you know, as of today, you know, the the death rate for for coronavirus is over 10,000 people and you know, by the time you listen to that, who you know, that's just in the United States, who knows where the number will be at. There are people who right now are not able to go see their loved ones because of this, right? And so I think for me that was even a little bit more extra emotional just knowing what a lot of people are going through unable to say goodbye to the people that they love you know much like barley was unable to do so so to have that second chance i can totally see um why that would be would be a, a let up for you you know one more thing i want to add before we go to let downs too i think that one of the things pixar did amazingly well was the way that they let these characters communicate with the dad through the feet. Um, the the scene when when he first appears and Barley go you know dun 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 and then dad goes dun dun right. Yeah. I choked. I choked up. I mean, and 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 the dad knew at that moment that it was Barley. And then of course, then Ian comes over and puts puts his feet next to to his dad, and his dad knows that Ian's there too. I mean. Talk about an emotional moment. I'm choking up now. Talk about an emotional moment without using any words. Yeah, and I think that's what Pixar does so well. I mean, we saw this in Wally. With Wally, exactly. They don't need dialogue to make a compelling character, and that's just that's hard to do. And I think we yeah. we underestimate it. Okay, so the, that's obviously some high points in the movie. I mean, there, there's a ton. And, and honestly, guys, I would love for you to leave comments in the Facebook group, email us, tweet at us. Let us know what your high points were. I mean, we all kind of experienced this together. But there were some low points, too. Um, and and I, I'm going to let you go first. What was kind of a letdown for you in the movie? I think a letdown for me was the lack of compelling side characters. And maybe now that I'm going to talk this out loud, they're actually, all the characters are really well done. But, I mean, you've got your main five where it's Barley, Ian, Mom, Dad, and the Manticore. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I, I don't know. Like, there just wasn't anyone else that I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Whereas you look at any other movie that Pixar has put out where you've got um incredibles you've got edna mode in inside out you've got bing bong in uh toy story you've got gosh a slew of them i mean (laughs) half of that movie is side characters that people Mm -hmm. have fallen in love with and i just maybe didn't feel that completeness in onward so what about you you know i i can see that i mean i but you know in the same regard though in this case you have your main two, which are obviously Ian and Barley. We'll, we'll call them plot point A. And then you've got Mom and Manticore, which are plot point B in a lot of ways, right? So, I mean, how often do you really have two very equally compelling plot points that merge the way they do? I mean, I would argue that Colt Bronco, uh, the stepdad in this case, or the boyfriend, I think he was a pretty compelling um, side character. I did like him a lot. I love the fact that he drove a Bronco too. That just cracked me up. (laughs) That was just, 
amazing. That was very solid. I think the sprites, the pixies, were hilarious. Um, uh, in the movie is you got a problem shades in the way that they continued and, and then when they learned how to fly and you know just I, I think that that was pretty well done as well but I can see what you're saying though there really wasn't a a compelling side character that you know you know when I even think about merch for a couple of minutes right there's not a lot of merch out there for side characters Blazy maybe but you know he's very similar to the way Pua was that he was in the beginning of the movie and then you don't really see him until the end right so you know pet. like that's what they're it, going yeah with. like hey look it's a cute pet yep so for me I think the biggest letdown and it's funny because this was one of your let ups for me I don't know why they couldn't let Ian see dad like hmm. to me that ruined the movie for me like it, it really brought it down like had the had he been able to see his dad it would have been my favorite my favorite pixar movie of all time the fact that he could not see his dad the fact that he was there was no way for him to climb out and be able there and give his dad a hug even though he came to this realization that barley's been his dad all along i, I loved all of that i thought that was brilliant but he didn't get to see his dad at the end of the day he's never ever going to see what his dad looks like and be able to hold his dad and hug his dad and to me that was the biggest letdown that i had for the movie that's interesting because yeah i i like i said earlier i think that's a big let up of the the realization that barley has been this dad figure and me getting to hug my dad for 10 seconds doesn't replace what barley has done for me for years um but i i I mean i see where you're coming from that that you know anyone who has lost a parent i'm sure no matter what other father figure you have in your life you you would give anything to hug your dad again (laughs) yeah and i think that's what it is is that you know and i'm i am grateful i mean both my parents knock on wood praise god are are still alive and well and and i get to i just got off the phone with my dad a couple hours ago you know i get to talk to them every day and i know there are plenty of people in this world who don't i think that i think that for the extra two minutes worth of footage that they could have animated and drawn and storylined into that i think that in this case those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive you don't have to come to a reconciliation that you know Barley's been kind of your dad all along and not be able to see your dad or see your dad and not come to that reconciliation. I think you could probably come to both merge those two and, and come away with probably an even better, um, storyline, you know? So, but that was the biggest letdown for me. That is the reason why I don't put it at a nine or a 10, um, in terms of, you know, rating, we'll get there in a minute. That's why I, I bring it down lower is because I felt the the ending, was much more lackluster than it could have been. Yeah. So before we get into our rating, I, I have one exciting merch thing to sure, let everybody sure. know about. Um, so I mean, you can get your normal merch for this: your plush toys of Ian and Barley and and the dad. And don't get me wrong, all that's fantastic. But um, this is something that is coming. I because I researched this, so I am an avid tabletop gamer. I love tabletop mm. games. And so when I saw Quests of Yore, I'm like. Well, that looks like fun. I want in on that. Are they making are they, this into a game? Are they making a quest of lore, your? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. So I'm going to read this. It's, it's releasing in the fall. Oh. Um, 
It says, in this immersive role-playing game, gather your fellowship and embark on an epic quest across the lands of old. Rush to the aid of the satyrs of Clovendale and uncover a mystery that will test your adventurer's strength and teamwork. Take on the role of the quest master, leading the travelers on one of the fellowship-hungry for adventure. The tale, the tale you tell will feature the folk and lore of the hit Pixar movie Onward. Elves, Cyclops, Goblins, Dragons, and the Manticore are just some of what awaits on your journey in Quest of Yore, Barley's edition. And they've got I hope they the have the, I hope they have the gelatinous cube. I really yeah. do. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, some of the concept art looks really, really nice. Like it's that Quest of Yore, but then they've got a little bit like this is Barley's edition, and so it's got like Bar by Barley and Ian and things like that. But the pieces look great, and um, I'm sure this is going to be super, super cool. So be on the lookout for that this fall. I am definitely going to be. Um, um it, wanting to pick one of those up for myself that is, that is amazing you know and one of the things before we kind of get to our ratings here too um one of the things that pixar does really well is they hide a bunch of easter eggs into their 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 pictures as well and you know like i told you before when i'm done with the movie i will go and i will wikipedia it i will imdb it i will look at who voiced what characters and then i'll look for easter eggs because pixar does a really good job so just just to call out a couple that i'm looking at right now um the, the bonnie from toy story three and four actually makes a uh, uh, she she makes a resurgence in this movie, and she's reimagined as a fawn in the magical opening sequence. So you'll actually see her as a baby fawn in the in the opening sequence. I did miss that one. Um, uh, obviously, one of the things that Pixar tries to do is put all of their stories. Uh, into the same universe. So one of the things they try to do is they try to put it all together. So they actually, the calendar that is on the mom's wall or the, the office wall, the bulletin board, the calendar actually has an image of the forest from Brave, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Ian and Barley, one of the areas they drive through is an area of giant beanstalks, which is a reference to Mickey and the Beanstalk which I thought was really neat. Yep. Um, the gum that the sprites uh, uh, end up um, taking or, or grabbing from the, um, the convenience store is called triple dent gum, which was originally yes. featured in uh, inside out. Yep. Triple um, dent gum. All right. I'm going to ask you this. Did you find the pizza planet truck? I, I totally forgot to look for it until after I was like, oh, Do you know shoot. where it's at? I do know where it's at. So in the scene when they're at the toll booth, which by the way, I just absolutely loved was manned by trolls, by the way. I just thought that was oh, yes. very well done. Um, the two cars removed, two cars over to the right is the Pizza Planet truck, but it's not labeled as Pizza Planet. It's labeled as the Pizza Realm truck. <laughs> yes, the Pizza Realm truck. Yep. Um, did you know that Remy from Ratatouille is in here? I did not know that. He is the chef inside the Manticore's Tavern. Oh, that's cute. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, the Luxo Junior Ball, the Pixar Ball, actually makes an appearance. It is on, it is part of, it's the crest of a shield in the Manticore's Tavern up at the top. Oh, and there's also one, there's a reference to Lord of the Rings. Interesting. Yep, so the burger shop they stop at is called the Burgershire. 
Yep. So, and did you catch the A113? That I didn't catch either. It's at the very end of the movie. So again, for those of you who don't know what A113 is, A113 is the classroom at the California, California Institute of Arts or CalArts where a lot of Disney Pixar animators got their start. And they always will put a reference to A113 in their Pixar movies. So in this movie, the area that they reference it is at the very end of the movie and it's not a visual reference. It's an auditory reference. The police officers at the end get an announcement that says we have an A113 in progress. That's right. I do remember that now. <laughs> that was, I remember going, there it is. That's it. Cause I was looking for it the whole movie. Cause that's like the one that, that everyone knows. So now we get into our rating system. So I want to ask you whenever a Pixar movie comes out and, and this one's tough to place for me, I, it really has been like, I, I knew we were going to talk about a rating and it's been really tough to place. And so I, 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 I tend to look at, okay, what, what is this movie comparative to? How can we compare it to something else? So, like, do you think this movie is better than Toy Story? I would say no. No. No, I don't, I don't think better, so either. Yeah, is it better than Coco, Incredibles, Inside Out, Finding Nemo? Like, you start listing stuff out and go, ooh, is it better than those movies? And And there's a lot of them that I go, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, there's, there's always the risk, Matt, of... <clears throat> sometimes people will overinflate their ratings at first because it's the next best thing, right? It's the, it's the next thing on Pixar's radar. It's the next thing that Disney produces. So because of that, it's the new shiny object. Sometimes people overinflate their ratings when after they kind of put it into perspective, you know, later on they go, eh, maybe that wasn't as good as I thought it was, or maybe it wasn't as, 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 um, as exciting as I thought it was for me, I, I think, and again, I, I know that there's a lot of people who, who are loving this movie right now, but there's a lot of things in this movie that were, were predictable, um, you know, in terms of, just kind of how it all plays out, you know, they're going to, you know, someone's going to try to stop them at the end and, you know, they're going to have trouble finding this Phoenix gym, but there were some things that weren't predictable. Again, the animation was really well done. The story was well-crafted. The, the voice acting was great. I think both Pratt and, and, you know, Chris uh, or um, Tom Holland did it, did a great job. But at the end of the day, I, I just, you know, you ask those questions. Is it better than Toy Story? No, Toy Story is a phenomenal franchise and it's hard to, to beat beat that franchise. Is it better than Coco? No, Coco is one of those movies I can sit down and watch day in and day out, right? Um, is it better than Incredibles? In my opinion, yes. I know for you, you're going to probably say no. You like the Incredibles. Incredibles for me just continues to be a eh, franchise, but you know, people like it. Is it better than, you know, you know, Ratatouille was Pixar. So I think Ratatouille was better. I mean, and Ratatouille is one of those underrated movies that, that a lot of people don't, don't rate all that often. Right. So for me, it it just, it, when it leaves you feeling kind of lukewarm, which is what it did for me, it gets a lukewarm rating for me, which is a, you know, a five or a six. Yeah. I think I'm in the six to seven area. Um, yeah. because I think that they have built a world that they can build off of. I mean, I think this board game coming out is a perfect example of like, I'm buying that board game. I'm getting that. And so to have a movie where they have created something that I want, 
I think there's something to be said about that. Um, do you think? I, I, do you think that they would come out with a sequel to this? Because that is always a tell on whether or not a movie, in a lot of ways, did a really good job. Could they? Not will. Not will they? But could they do a sequel for this? I'm not sure. Now, granted, I mean, I'm there are people out there that are way more creative in storytelling than I am. I'm not sure where you go with this one. I mean, they have to go find their dad again. There's a different relative that has to be uh, brought back to life for 24 hours. Like I, I'm, um, and unless the only avenue that I see, and this is off the top of my head, is if there is some kind of like old threat that resurfaces and Ian who has been training to be a high class mage now has to save the town. You could, there's something there. There's meat on that bone there, but I, I don't know if that's, um, especially considering a whole different story. It's a whole different world that they have to create at that point. That's different than what, because I agree with you because that's where I thought it could potentially go to. I almost saw, this this story is almost being like Ian's origin story in a lot of ways, you know? But I think with how this the circumstances in which this movie came out, I don't think this is going to become a beloved franchise because it's it was or I mean I guess maybe it does because of the circumstances. I don't know. This is unprecedented territory for a movie release yeah. that we really don't know does this skyrocket its popularity because it's what everyone's watching and and I mean how many kids are now watching this movie 10 times a day because it's the new movie and so this is the movie they latch on to. It, it's hard to tell. Um, and well, you know, it's be funny honest, because it's... some of the some of the reviews up front about the movie before we went into lockdown, you know, they weren't exactly the best reviews. Now, granted, I know you've used Rotten Tomatoes before. I think it's got close to like a like an 88 percent review right now on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. I mean, it's a pretty decent review. I think you're right. I think that that this particular movie is going to benefit from the fact that it's new and came out during a period of time when the world had to slow down, when the world had to take a breath from what's going on. I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of movies out there that people, you know, hold on to that when you look at them objectively are absolutely horrible movies, but people love them. I mean, take, take Willy Wonka on the chocolate factory, right? I love that movie, but to be honest with you, it is not a well done movie. It is a corny movie. <laughs> it is, it is, it is absolutely corny. Yet if you were to stop anybody on the street, they, they know that movie. They've watched that movie a hundred times. You know why they watched it a hundred times? Because it is played on cable TV on Easter Sunday or on Christmas day or on days when everybody's home as a family, right? You know, the 10 commandments, I don't know about you, but when I was, you know, a, a kid, it was, it was a, it, I think it still happens every year. Oh, yeah. They oh, air yeah. the, they air the 10 commandments on ABC or whatever it is, CBS. And it's on Easter Sunday. Like, I don't have cable, but I have my copy of the Ten Commandments, and I will be taking out the Ten Commandments and watching the Ten Commandments on Easter Sunday while I eat my cheese potatoes and my Easter dinner here at home. I think Onward has the potential of being the movie that came out in this moment. And let me say this about you know my rating on this. When Coco first came out, uh, 
I honestly thought it was kind of in this realm. I was like, it was fine. I enjoyed it. And then the more that I watched it, the more mm-hmm. I fell in love with the movie. So maybe this movie takes that trajectory where I watch it again two or three more times and then I go, oh, I actually really enjoy it. So, I mean, part of this realize, I mean, I watched it less than a week ago. And so it's still kind of marinating yeah. and digesting. Um, um, but yeah, just just as of right now, I think it's 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 in the good, not great territory. So I, I think I think six or seven on your end, five or six on my end sounds pretty accurate, you know. And I think we just, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what our, our listeners have to th- uh, say about that. So you know, for those of you listening to this episode, um, Facebook, uh, Beers and Ears Podcast. Um, Twitter, uh, Beers Ears 1928, and then our email is Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. I mean, are we wrong? Uh, did you catch something that we didn't catch? Matt, I mean, what do you think? You th- I think we should get some feedback from the fans, don't you? Absolutely. Do a convince me on us. Ah, <laughs> yes. We, ah, zing. Uh, we, we want to hear from you. We want to. Uh, hear the opinions you have. What did we miss? We we probably missed stuff and probably missed subtleties that you caught on. And that's kind of stuff we want to hear. Well, like you said, Matt, closing time. It has been a wonderful night. Let's uh, go ahead and crack open another beer here as we drink and cheers to beers and ears. And uh, we will see you all next time. Have a great day, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.